Welcome, listeners, to Season 3, Episode 10 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char. And I'm Kelly. And this week, we're starting up our second annual Halloween Vibes event by watching the horror anthology film Trick or Treat from 2007. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to be surprisingly full of pumpkin. This episode will contain discussion on misogyny, child death, ableism, and sexism. If any of these topics are things that you don't need to hear today, feel free to skip this episode. So I made this drink. You did. And boy, howdy, did I make this drink. It's beer. <laughs> it's Char's favorite thing. Oh, no. Uh, so I'm very proud of the name of this. I'm, I call it Smashed Pumpkins. It's like smashing pumpkins. Nice. But it's the past tense. I approve. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's Tell me about this drink. So so we moved to get away from the COVID. Yes. Uh, so you might hear some cars yeah, also. We're out in the wilderness wilderness now where there's cars and such. Whoa. Also, um hardy men at work, unlike, you know, the city. <laughs> um so if you hear Banging or construction or whatever. That should only be for a few weeks, hopefully. Yeah, and then we'll be all good. Yes. Um, so since we're in self-quarantine because we are joining a new environment, I just told my mom, hey, if you go to the liquor store, can you get something with pumpkin in it? And of course, she goddamn got beer. I mean, it was apparently <laughs> the only thing there that had pumpkin in it. So I decided to make a drink that's beer based. It's also an extremely dark ale, which I'm excited about. So it kind of matches the darkness of the movie. Yeah. And of course, pumpkin-y. I haven't tasted it yet. I did. And at least it's creamy, which is weird because it's not, then there's no dairy in it, right? No, but sometimes you get like a, a creamy head to, to beer. Yeah. But it's not as bad as I would think because it is mainly beer. Like this is a big cup. Yeah. But there's, it's sweet. I honestly don't taste the pumpkin. Do um, you? Yeah, I kind of get the sense of the pumpkin. It's like, a, you know, there's a pumpkin in the peripheral of my eyes. <laughs> and so I know that Halloween is here, but I can't yet see it, which makes sense because this is the first movie we're doing in October. Yes. So it's got a ramp up. Can't just be pumpkin spice latte. No. And the thing, <laughs> our, our when we do Halloween at the end of the month, you best bet it's going to be pumpkin spice latte again. With just candy in it. <laughs> We're just going to put fucking candy in a cup and then pour some pumpkin spice latte on it. Oh, boy. Yeah. But I like this, actually. I made it a bit stiffer um, by mixing in some other stuff. And it really reminds me of there's a bar we used to go to in Vancouver that would make like beer cocktails. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of like a dark version of that. Yeah. It does feel fall like, even though I can't taste pumpkin-y. I guess like when I interact with beer, when it's not just people making me to sip their beer so that they can see me make a face, which <laughs> does happen regularly uh, pre-COVID. But normally if I'm interacting with beer for real, it's because I'm making like a stew. Oh, yeah. And when I do that, it's always in fall. So it get, still gives me the fall vibes for sure. Ooh, this would actually be good in a stew. And you throw this in a, in, a, in a crock pot and you throw in some pumpkin. I mean, one listener said that we should start making snacks to go with the movies, too. All just salt and vinegar, Miss chips. Vicky's chips. <laughs> 
or a new pumpkin beer stew. What does this drink pair well with? Oh, Miss Vicky's salt and vinegar chips for the seventh week in a row. Of course. Yeah. I mean, if I'm doing it, then that's what it's going to be. Sometimes I like all dressed, but no. Just always salt and vinegar. We went hard into carbs before we moved because we're like, whatever. Sad. We're moving. We're depressed. We'll get healthy when we're out in the woods. Yeah. Uh, and I really got back into Doritos in a hard way. It was good, though. Yeah. I liked it. But now we got to be healthy. Yeah. I mean, I feel yeah. like I'm going to just give myself a small amount of chip as just, a treat. As a treat. Yeah. Shark can oh. have one chip as a treat. <laughs> So this week we watched Trick or Treat, which premiered on December 9th, 2007, and it's directed and written by Michael Dautry. It stars Dylan Baker as principal turned serial killer Stephen, Quinn Lord as Sam, the demonic trick or treater creature, Anna Packin as virgin werewolf Lori. She's rogue, by the way, from X-Men. Oh, uh, sugar. <laughs> and Britt McKillop as mean pranking teen Macy. This synopsis is by Warner Bros. Pictures. <gasps> Thanks, Warner Bros. With the real back of the DVD. Friend of the podcast, Warner Bros. Of course. And because this is an anthology, I'm just going to add the endings. Like, I'll synopsize the rest of it in between as we go. So this is a, a butchered Warner Bros. synopsis, including my uh, explanations. It is said that Halloween is the night when the dead rise to walk among us and other unspeakable things roam free. The rituals of All Hallows' Eve were devised to protect us from their evil mischief. And one small town is about to be taught a terrifying lesson that some traditions are best not forgotten. Nothing is what it seems when a suburban couple learns the dangers of blowing out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight. The woman of this couple gets dismembered and turned into her own lawn decorations that she was trying to take down. Four women cross paths with a costumed stalker at a local festival. These ladies weren't trying to lose their virginity, but instead helping their newest werewolf cub get her first kill. The principal turned serial killer who murdered a kid for taking too many candy from his front porch bowl. A group of pranksters goes too far and discovers the horrifying truth buried in a local legend. They tell a story of a purposeful bus crash in a rock quarry that was filled with disabled children. They try to pull the prank on sweet Rhonda, who is terrified, but she is the only one that manages to escape when the prank becomes real. And a cantankerous old hermit is visited by a strange trick-or-treater with a few bones to pick. This trick-or-treater is Sam, the mascot of this film. He is revealed to be made out of pumpkin and is in fact the one punishing everyone in this film not following the Halloween rules. Costumes and candy, ghouls and goblins, monsters and mayhem, the tricks and treats of Halloween turn deadly as strange creatures of every variety, human and otherwise, try to survive the scariest night of the year. Play that trailer audio for me. Is that how you say it? Can you say that any more awkward? Play that <laughs> play that trailer audio for me. Perfect. That's all staying in. Yeah, that's the um the AI learned Vocaloid that you got of me. <laughs> During the spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. <laughs> these traditions. Wait, wait. Oh, what? You're supposed to keep it lit. Why? Ancient tradition? Putting on costumes. I look like I'm five. You look great. What did we do now? We meet our dates. Jack-o'-lanterns. Why are we here? To pay our respects to the dead? The Halloween school bus massacre. 
What is that? It's that. What'd you think? It seemed scarier than what it is. Oh, like the trailer made it seem scarier? Yeah. That's Do you fair. feel like that? Yeah, I get the same thing. I think it's mostly like the editing and like they chose the shots that were the scariest from the movie. Yeah. To like entice you. But it lost the like childish vibe, I guess, of the movie. Yeah, the whimsy. Yeah, they lost all whimsy. Plus they revealed like the werewolves. Oh, they revealed everything. Why do trailers keep revealing everything? <laughs> Stop like, it. I, I almost <laughs> feel like we like we watch trailers for the podcast, which generally reveal a lot. Maybe we should just watch teasers. Well, that's I've tried. Normally, that's what I'm looking for is just a teaser, which is what we kind of get when we used to be able to go to movie theaters and we would see like short trailers. Yeah. I'm so sad. <laughs> yeah. But I, when I can't find them, I just put trailers instead. That's fair. I feel like our points are generally, man, that revealed a lot. Yeah. Unless like there's the rare exception with like the conjuring doing the, the clapping game where they made their trailer creative. I feel like most trailers are just like, let's take all the coolest parts of the movie and put it in a short video so that people want to watch the movie. But they've already seen all the best parts. So they've already seen the movie. Stop making short films as trailers. (laughs) Or no, do make short. Just have like one cool section of the movie. Just show us that. Ah, and then leave the rest. Yeah, like have the, the bus massacre, her telling that story be the trailer or something. That would be cool. I'd like that. But my favorite story, jumping into my points. (gasps) Your points. Is that I really, well, in our pre-fear episode, you kind of hit the nail on the head, Kelly. Which, by the way, if you haven't listened to our pre-fear episodes, what are you doing? Go to patreon.com slash drink and scream. But do you remember what comment you said? I said that I love you. Well, that's true. Uh, was it, was, which one was it? That the, it was going to be like a dumb like folklore thing or that they were going to slut shame women for wearing cool costumes? Well, there you go. First of all, <laughs> you said Halloween is for getting drunk and having sex. Nice. Unless and, you're a child. Yeah. I did. I did say that. <laughs> because I was like, and eating candy. Anyways, you listen to the episode, but I really loved the story of the women getting together to go to the Halloween party because I found that it was the most detailed of all the stories and all the twists and turns that happened in it. I wasn't expecting them at all. Like the fact that these women the whole time, it's basically like they're trying to get this girl to lose her virginity and she's kind of like nervous about it. And they all go and get dressed up in these slutty princess outfits that look awesome. But then they turn into these like werewolf slash succubus creatures that they literally were like gathering men to eat them. And I was like, yeah, that's That's wild. Yeah, the buildup of it was weird because it was like they were just picking any random dude because they were like, oh, we want hot dates. But then they just got these random normal dudes (laughs) and then they left her behind. And it's like, is she not allowed to go to this party until she gets a date? Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And then the, the moment that they're like walking down, like she has to come to the party now and she didn't really find a date. And she gets attacked. Maybe maybe there's something else going on here. Maybe something else is afoot. It did kind of like scare me in terms, not like literally scare me, but like made me worried. I checked Does a Dog Die, which is my go-to for like, is there sexual assault in this film or whatever? Yeah. And it said that there wasn't. So I was... But it did say a dog dies. Yeah. <laughs> but it still gave me the vibes of like, she's going to get attacked or like, this is not safe. But it all turned out fine. And she killed all the men. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was getting stalked by the guy that we had seen earlier eat a woman 
Yeah. Or like bite her and then leave her for dead. Kill her. Yeah, basically. But you also brought up the second half of this point in regarding this short story was that I just fucking hate how society screams at women to be hot and be pretty and have these unachievable beauty standards. But then Halloween is one of the only times that we're allowed to just be fucking hot. And then when we do that, we also get shit on for looking cool and looking hot and pushing her boobs up. Just let me dress how I want to dress, okay? <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> it's the it's like the adage that like women aren't allowed to be horny. Yeah. Like guys could dress up all like strong and muscly to attract women to have sex with them on Halloween, but the moment that a woman tries it, she's a slut and that's awful. Yeah. And you it's know. just like let folks dress up how they want to dress up. Like I've had Halloween costumes where I've been I've done the slutty princess peach. I've done slutty well, slutty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like those dress styles like they were wearing Hot. in the movies. And Jack the Pumpkin King from Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm -hmm. I mean, I took my pants off once accidentally at a Halloween party. <laughs> Just full, full hog flipping out. Hell yeah. But uh, I've also done like really cutesy Halloween costumes. I've been Little Red Riding Hood. That's like literally not the um, sexual version of that. I've had couples costumes with you. And it's just... It's really fun to be able to express yourself on a night uh, with your friends and out going doing whatever you want. Yeah. But it ruins it when people when society just gives us these rules that are unachievable. I don't like this like contradiction. I mean, it's also bad because if you dressed up in like a Brita costume where you're dressed up in, as a dinosaur, People then make fun of you for like not trying to and, look hot. Yeah. And then like you're lazy or whatever, or you're like trying to make a statement about being over it. Yeah. Like, ugh. It's basically the same as like the makeup thing where it's like, I love a woman who's just natural, but also she spent like an hour making her makeup look natural. Yeah. But then if she looks like she's wearing too much makeup, she's trying too hard. But if she actually doesn't wear any makeup, then people she say, wow, you look sick. Yeah. Are you dying? <laughs> Thanks. No, this is just my face. Yes. Society is awful. But like <laughs> my main point of this is like I love Halloween and just stop stealing my joy of being able to dress up. Yeah. Society. Dang it, society. Get your shit together. Which I wrote as my last line of that point because it's a great segue into my next point, which is speaking of joy or joy stealing. Why <laughs> is the woman in the beginning of the movie when we see like. She's in this robot outfit. Her and her boyfriend or husband have just come back from a party and they're like going into their house and she blows out the jack-o'-lantern and she's like, ugh. she basically like hates shits on Halloween and is starting to tear down the decorations on literally Halloween night. She's tearing them down. And her husband is like, but I love Halloween. And like he keeps making comments about like the decorations and like we should leave them up a few days. And like, I want to go watch a scary movie with you. And, mm -hmm. But she just keeps shitting on him. Why? If your partner loves the holidays, try and like if you don't love the holidays yourself, that's fine. You don't have to love everything that your partner loves, but you can also support them and their love of something. He was also like pitching it so well, like. He was he said he was going to wake up in the morning and take them down, which was like him being a supportive partner where he's like, obviously, my partner doesn't like Halloween. So I'll make an effort to get up and take it down for her the day yeah. after Halloween. But then she's like, no, you're going to sleep in and then play video games until four. Which I mean, which fine after going out <laughs> drinking. Fuck yeah. But yeah, then she's like, 
go upstairs and watch your porn alone. That was weird, too. Uh, yeah. While I take down these decorations, like extremely weird. <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to specifically call you out for being such a supportive partner because me, I fucking love the holidays. I was brought up in like Christianity customs or whatever, like a wasp family of like Christmas and Thanksgiving and whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, what I got from those all those times is the joy and the feeling of family. And like, I love decorating. Like, we're, <laughs> I specifically got Kelly yesterday to pull out our Christmas and Halloween decoration box, even though we're not even in our real house yet. We're in a tiny RV. And I was like, I need to decorate the RV to feel happy. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I mean, it also helps that I love Halloween. I mean, I think the day after Halloween, he should divorce her <laughs> and go find a, a cool partner. <laughs> Although she died. So the divorce, you know, happened pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. She and got she, her comeuppance. That's what you get for taking down Halloween decorations. I mean, like, yeah. Is, is that the part that Sam didn't like was taking down the decorations or the ancient tradition of blowing out the candle yeah i think it was the candle technically but also uh, go watch porn alone while i <laughs> like that <laughs> i can understand being like okay halloween's done i'm done i'll take the effort to take down the decorations but like go watch your porn alone was extremely weird to me so left field yeah yeah and then i last part of this point did you know this tradition of you have to leave jack-o'-lanterns lit no we usually just let the candle burn out Okay, so in my family, we don't put candles in the pumpkins. We are we get really, really into our pumpkin carving. We do like skin shaving and make really wait, elaborate designs. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Wait. Oh no. Okay. Wait. You mean pumpkin skin shaving? Yeah. What okay. did you think I was? Saying? I don't know. Like real I shave human... my skin, or you shave someone else's. I'm like, wow, you really <laughs> get into the macabre. No, no, no. But like. To, to be able to do different levels of thickness on the pumpkin carving itself so that you get different variations yeah, of yeah. light. But to have the maximum effect for that, we put uh, light bulbs in our pumpkins instead of little candles. So it's not something that we would like wait for it to burn out or whatever, like a tea light. Yeah. And in our neighborhood, the tradition is that if your candles or if your lights are off from the jack-o'-lanterns, that means that you're out of candy. So kids would know not to go there if they were doing it late. Yeah, we would turn out our porch lights for that. Oh, okay. So we would keep our candle, our like pumpkin lit if the tea light was still going. But right. Okay. I see what that means. We would means. turn off our porch so that people knew that we were out of candy or yeah. we didn't want to give you candy sure. and we wanted to eat it ourselves. Yeah. And then my last point is about the school bus, oh, I was going to say analogy, anthology story. The school bus massacre. Yes. And it was like... I just want to call out how shitty the parents were in that story because they literally have children who are different and are on. They don't say what disability the kids have. They're all different from different families. But like definitely there were some kids on the autism spectrum. There are a kid with Down syndrome, like other things like that. And the script, like I'm literally calling out the script for spending so much time with this teen telling the story, like defending the parents, being like, they were so tired. Oh, yeah. And they kept talking about that as if it was an excuse for the parents to literally hire someone to drive their children off a fucking cliff. Are you kidding me? Yeah. What? I actually don't. Well, this isn't defending, but I think what he was doing was drugging the kids with the candy and was going to chuck them off into the quarry Whatever. Uh, and then drive away. But yeah, that 
I don't know why I had to specify that, but I thought the same thing. I'm like, dude, you're going to waste your school bus on this mission. But I think he was drugging them and chucking them in the quarry, which is extremely fucked up. Oh, well, they were all chained in. Yeah. And he was like handing out special candy to them. I thought it was like his last parting gift before oh. he was going to like push the gas pedal. Like he wasn't going to kill himself, obviously. Yeah. But this that's the only way of it being like a accident. That's true, actually. It might have been like, oh, no, the, the gas got stuck and I jumped out and didn't have time to unlock these kids that we chain up for some reason. Yeah. God damn it. If you're different in any way from society. Your bus. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the film also, it's from 2007, which is like just on the edge of when the R word was really popular. Yeah. And they threw that around a lot. And just other generally ableist and mean terms. They threw it at Rhonda. Do you have any points about Rhonda? I do not. If you do, she, go for it. She was probably my favorite character. She was awesome. She, She's the embodiment of me. <laughs> just like super into Halloween, knew all the lore, all the canon. She'd read all the books. Yeah, like uh, classic just mean kids making fun of the kid who's different than them. Because she had glasses. That's another fucking trope I hate. Stop giving women glasses to make them seem weird. Yeah. Well, there's like the glasses are as a, a librarian. Hot. Glasses as... Anything else? Yeah. Ugly. Yeah. What? But yeah, it's like she was the most into Halloween and also was really nice. She went out of her way to like try to go help people she thought was in trouble. Yeah. So brave. And then I'm very, very glad that the movie redeemed her by making her the hero of that situation. Yeah. When shit went down, she was like, fuck you. I'm going up alone and you can all die. And that moment when like Sam's looking at her and it's basically the like, uh-huh. All right. Yeah. See you later. So good. And like, I don't know how I got so fired up from this conversation because I did really love this movie, but I'm just, I'm feeling it. I mean, I, I was extremely upset when they started making fun of her and she was dope as hell. And they yeah. tried to do that thing where it's like, hey, you're the hot kid in our class. You should hit on Rhonda so that she feels like more safe and or something. Yeah. yeah and then know. to take that away. Yeah. And then like, of course they try to redeem. This happens all the time. The hot kid's like, yeah, I'll do it. And then he spends time actually talking to the person, which nobody else does. And then he's like, oh, the person's kind of cool. Maybe I like them. Maybe this is a mean joke. <laughs> oh, well, I already decided to do it. Gonna keep on with it. Too late. I'm screwed now. Ugh. I also thought that anthology was going to take a, a mean turn when she falls into the pond and like cracks her head. Yes. I, I thought, thought she, she was, was gonna like going to die. die. Yeah, I was like, me too. Oh, no. But she lived and she let them all die. Good. <laughs> and that's my last point. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> those kids. We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors and stuff. To all our patrons, we're excited to offer you exclusive bonus content like the pre-fear bonus episodes that we record right before watching the movies that we haven't seen yet. We have a new Patreon initiative that we're planning. Uh, once we have $150 a month, we're going to be doing uh, live viewings with people from the Patreon uh, where we'll be watching movies. Um, uh, what it was at least at least a, once a month. You at said? least once a month. At least once a month. We're not too sure how many times we're going to be doing it, but that is our promise. 
and uh, it's going to be really cool. So if you are not a Patreon patron yet, go to patreon.com slash drink and scream. And if you are a patron, what's stopping you from upping how much you're giving, yo? I mean, we have extra tiers. We have extra tiers. Come on. I mean, we appreciate your money and we love you. (laughs) But what's stopping you from upping your tier? This season of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by Evil Amy's Terror Shop, who provides us with some amazing goodies and Halloween-y decorations free of charge in exchange for just promoting them on the show. And boy, howdy, we got our new box because we're here in our undisclosed location in British Columbia. And guess what was inside? (gasps) A severed head. (laughs) That would be very scary. Just a real ass severed head. It's a Sam bobblehead. Whoa. It's so cute. It's adorable. I'm going to bring it out. Like we love pop figures and we keep them out all the time. But this bobblehead that is specifically for trick or treat. So how can I not talk about it for this episode? Is definitely going to be a Halloween decoration that I bring out every year. So thank you so much, Evil Amy. You can buy their products. They ship globally at EvilAmy'sTerrorShop.com. This episode is also brought to you by my mom, who bought the beer. And also, I invaded her liquor cabinet a little bit to make the rest of it. Thanks, Colleen. <laughs> You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream on Facebook at drink and scream. You can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com and you can visit our discord at bit.ly slash hopped up discord. We're also sponsored by Liz's horrifying candle coat. We're waiting on some brand new scents for fall and our candles are so good that the 2020 summer scents are currently sold out. When the fall scents are ready, we'll let you know. These candles will be available for purchase at horrorcandles.com with the code DRINKSCREAM10 for 10% off your first order of three or more. These bad boys are handmade with soy wax, which makes them safe for your own little fur babies. Woo! Yeah. We want to keep our buddies safe so we don't use petroleum candles because that's like smoking cigarettes right into his face. Trick or treat. Smell my feet. Back to the episode. Okay, that's good. I like it. (laughs) So this is the part of the podcast where we would normally do our new segment, Whispers from Beyond. And I'm not going to echo it and be all cool. No, you have to earn Whispers from Beyond by reviewing (laughs) us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Or you could email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com if you just had a, a sweet, a sweet, a sweet. A sweet? One of them sweet reviews. <laughs> a sweet little message to, for us to share on the pod. I mean, to be honest, if you tweet at us with a message or like, yeah, whatever. We, at drink and scream? Nope, just at drink underscore scream. At drink underscore scream, you can tweet at us. Mm-hmm. You, so whatever, however way you want to let us know that you enjoy listening to us, we will activate Whispers from Beyond. But, but until such a time... You don't get it. So Kelly, go into your points. My points? <laughs> uh, I did not expect this movie to be fucking love, actually. <laughs> Neither did I! When you I'm said, actually like, is this an anthology? Really? Because it's kind of not. Because it's all really one day. I would say that it's still technically an anthology. It just it's a different like um, setup, I guess. Like it's not the Tales from the Crypt where we cut to back to a zombie in a crypt telling us like, I'm gonna tell you the next story of creeps and terrors. <laughs> I but I think Love Actually in itself is also considered an anthology. Which I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. So you've seen anthologies before. You lied. Yeah. You're right. I'm a liar. I've um, seen Love Actually and other things that are like, oh, yeah, I'm like, that's like Love Actually for <laughs> sure. But I just really like the idea of Halloween specifically, but you could do other seasons as well or other holidays. 
and just having like a time frame and a bunch of people doing stuff throughout that time frame and cutting between their different perspectives. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that. And I do like seeing like them link the stories by having them cross paths. Yeah. Like indirectly somehow. It kind of if I can slip in the the video game stuff, it kind of reminds me of when we played Oxenfree. The video game stuff. The video Ooh. game stuff cuz that's my I mean, you got to plug it now. Purview. You have to plug it. Our channel. Go to Super Hopped Up on YouTube. We're doing a month long uh, month of spoops where we only play horror games. So if I've you like played this a pod- few. Kelly and I have played a few together, but we have other friends that are also partaking. Yeah. The Super Hopped Up crew. Hell yeah. We're also might do some tabletop games and stuff. Spooky ones. Spooky ones. Spooky games for all of October. All of October. But yeah, Oxenfree kind of does that same thing where you're like playing from different perspectives. Yeah. But around the same time frame. That's so like, such a good game. Yeah, I love that game. And it's like unlocking events from different perspectives is such a cool concept. And, and having it affect other people. Yeah. And like have it, having things recontextualized from another side mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, this person was talking to this person and then they just stopped. Or like the, what was the, the old man when he gets attacked in his house, the first time we see it, we don't see what's attacking him. And then his story, like we don't follow him at all until the end. Yeah. And then it's a big thing. And he's incorporated back into the school bus massacre. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a cool idea. And I wish more horror movies were like a love actually. <laughs> With Rick trying to confess his love through notepads. Don't do that, people. That's awful. Yeah. Rick's a bastard. (laughs) In both. I know you're already married and stuff, but I need you. I'm doing a confession of love. (laughs) While your husband is home. Yeah. Do me instead. (laughs) My best friend. Anyways. What's your next point? It's a horror movie (laughs) in itself. My second point. What the fuck is going to happen to Billy? Who's Billy? The kid whose dad is a serial killer. Oh, yeah. What a twist that was. We should you should tell that. So the dad is just a serial. He's the The principal. He's the principal and he's a serial killer who seemingly doesn't have any motives except he likes to kill. And it's not even just the kids at his school. He goes off and he tries to kill Lori. Named yeah. after Laurie Strode. Wink. Not in my uh, scaredy facts, but that's true. <laughs> um, and then the Billy keeps asking his dad to help him carve the pumpkin. And they go in the basement. And it turns out the pumpkin is the head of the child that his dad just killed. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then Billy's dad gets killed throughout the events of the movie. And so at the Billy's end, all alone. Billy's all alone with the potential to be a serial killer because he's been desensitized to mutilating bodies. And he needs help with the eyeballs. What the fuck is going to happen to that kid? That kid is going to be a serial killer. Like, Is I there almost, a trick or treat too? Come on. Yeah, he's going to be the new Sam, I guess. Or just the new his new dad, I guess. I don't know. Oof. It was messed up. But yeah, I forgot because his mom's dead, his which mom's... was also a gray area. Like, did the dad kill the mom or did she die from something else? Boy, I sure don't know. Was the death of the mom the thing that triggered the dad's serial killer tendencies? I don't know. There was something in the backyard. No, there's a lot like, of bodies there was in bodies. the backyard. Yeah, I don't know. He's just having a fun <laughs> time, it seems. Also, this drink is growing on me. Oh, I love this drink. This is really yeah. good. I would have this multiple times. Yeah, it's very fall. I like it. Um, What's it called again? Smashed pumpkins? Smashed pumpkins. Yeah. I feel like people are going to think that I'm meant to do something. You know how what? when you get drunk, you say you're smashed? Oh, baby. I 
fully did not think of that Which when I named it. Very ironic because you gave it to me in a literal Evil Amy's Let's Get Smashed with a pumpkin symbol on it. Oh boy. In my cup. <laughs> oh boy, folks. Good job. Anyone listening to this podcast that <laughs> thinks we know what the fuck we're doing? We don't, but it's fun. Just one step at a time. <laughs> oh, man. We moved. Every Our brains are mush. <laughs> no, no, I would have made that mistake. <laughs> All right. My, my third point is this movie has almost like a comic book aesthetic. Yes. I'm glad you're talking about this. Um, Like they introduce it almost like Marvel Comics does now where they have like the, the pages and pages of Marvel Comics that mm-hmm. transitions into their logo. And it would like show events either from the movie that are about to happen or just like some random stuff with Sam, which had me thinking, I'm like, oh, dope. Is Trick or Treat like a graphic novel series that I can go read now? Which I wish. It is not. That was just a aesthetic choice. Oh, man. Um, Which is great, but also I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. So this isn't, uh, I didn't include this in Scary Facts because I want to talk about it. They actually did eventually release a graphic novel of Trick or Treat around the time that they released it direct to DVD. So this this series doesn't did not get a theatrical release. What the hell? Uh, it was passed around festivals for a couple years, and then Universal picked it up and released it direct to DVD slash Blu-ray and released a graphic novel basically accompanying it. Okay. That's so sad, though. This would have been so fun to see. I just thought it was really weird that they were like, sure, comic book. This is a comic book of Sam, our beloved character Sam from the comic books that never existed. Yeah, what? <laughs> but then eventually existed? Yeah. Okay. It was a cool style, I Well, thought. I'll read it now. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it. <laughs> I'm hoping it's not just like a novelization, basically. Oh, yeah. Um. Anyways, I just thought that was an interesting point. My last point is that I thought this the movie was very tonally weird. I think I know where you're going with this. So the movie was rated R and it had a bunch of boobs and swearing and stuff like there that. There was literal fucking. There was literally fucking, but it, it had this almost like, I think you said it best, this like whimsical tone to it. Yes. This is basically my final point. Oh, okay, Like my cool. final thought. Oh, cool. Nice. <laughs> but you should t- talk about it now. It was so weird to me that like one of the main anthology points was like high school slash middle school kids telling this like folklore tale and then getting killed by like goosebump zombies. Yeah. And then cutting to just this guy watching porn or like <laughs> a bunch of werewolf ladies getting naked and then ripping off their skin. That was intense. The skin ripping. That was very hard to watch. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It almost it almost felt like they were going for a style, but then maybe their like production company or something was like, nah, you need to make this unrated. It's 2007. That's there, what happens. There needs to be boobs and stuff. Yeah. The bringing up goosebumps though, it's definitely that feel for sure. Watching this film, like it's adult goosebumps. Yeah, a little bit. Which actually, the end of my point is that I don't necessarily know if the tonal deafness was bad because it sort of comes off as like it's Halloween. Everyone's a bit childish again. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember thinking of this point while we watched it and thinking, man, this is bad. I remember just like noting it. Yeah, I agree. And then the movie overall was good. I don't know. It was weird because it is like Halloween comes around and no matter how old you are, you turn into a kid again. You gotta. It's like Christmas. Yeah, it's basically like Christmas. It's my joy of the holidays. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like it worked that it was like goosebumps, but also sexy because we're adults and we like sexiness and drinking and also Halloween and candy. Yeah. Yeah. 
all my favorite things <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> Anyways, that's my final point. And it's time to open the Rick Spooky sound effects and stuff. I still got to, I'm going to make just like a, a soundboard that I can press. Good. I like it. I was going to start narrating the sound effects, but I thought that I should stop so that people can hear the real sound effects. Ah, uh, yes. The real sound effects that I've added. Yes. Anyway. Page turns and bat wings. Uh, Have I said bat wings yet? Bat wings? I want bat wings. So the. Yeah. And the squeaking sounds. Yeah. Because that happens when you open real dusty books in caves. Immediately, yeah. bats fly out. Uh, if you have any other ideas of sound effects you want to play during the Reconomicon, you can email us at <laughs> drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. Thanks. Anyways, my recommendation for this movie is The Haunted Mansion from 2003. <laughs> hey! I like it. Uh, it's got like the different ghosts with their different stories, and it's like a fun watch and stuff. It's got Eddie Murphy. It's got Eddie Murphy. <laughs> it's definitely tonally different than Trick or Treat, but I think it's also just a fun, like, Anthology of ghost stories combined into one overarching narrative. Yeah. And honestly, it does kind of get really dark at the end. Oh, yeah. It gets real. So it has that whimsy <laughs> darkness. <laughs> That's good. That's better than mine, I think. My recommendation is Coraline from 2009, which is also a child's uh, horror film, I guess. It's a claymation that gives me the same scary Halloween feelings as I got from watching Trick or Treat. But again, sure. it's more on the child side. But that movie gets intense, too. Kelly hasn't seen it, so I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I know the plot of it. I just don't know what happens. Mm -hmm. All right. It's is time for da -da -da! Scaredy Facts. I'm surprised we haven't added new sound effects to this one. No, it's got, this has got to be consistent. All right. But so, I'll tell the story. Okay. So for those of you who are just joining us for the first time, we are introducing you into our relationship in this part of our podcast. It's based off of real life, where after we watch horror movies, we snuggle up into bed together or on the couch under a blankie, and we read some IMDb trivia and other movie site facts to help get us used to the horror that we just witnessed and realize that it was just a movie. Or was it? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. But I did not curate these scaredy facts. This time, it was Kelly. Yes, I did the scaredy facts this time. Whoa. So, the budget starting mm -hmm. was $12 million. Was it? Yes, and I know why you're surprised about that because you had already, already written their sales and then I had to fill in their budget. Yeah. So the opening weekend of this in the United States was nothing because it didn't get a fucking theatrical release. Because bullshit. It was only shown in, like I said, it was only shown in festivals um, and by the time it came to be like, quote unquote, released, Universal just sent it directly to DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. So the domestic video sales were $12.1 million. Was the budget really $12 million? Yep. That's so sad. They made, um, I mean, I don't know how much, how much they got from like the festival and stuff like that. I imagine, actually, I don't know how film festivals work if they get like a commission for bringing their movie to the festival. I think it's more that you get the chance to be... Do you have Pick to pay up. to bring your movie to a festival? I don't know. I've never made a movie. I've I, only been in them. I mean, like, in that case, they made an estimated $100,000 on this movie. Which is sad. Which is extremely sad. Because it's so good. Wow. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. So my scaredy facts. Yes, tell me. Starting with, I kind of reversed these because I knew that you read 
a couple of them because you thought you were doing the scaredy facts. I accidentally, it's been a week, man. So I, I scrolled up rather than down. Okay. But there were some good ones at the top. Did you include them? Yeah, I think I got them. Okay. So all of the werewolves in this film were created by Tatopolis. Tatopolis? Cool. Studios, which is the same studio that brought us the Lycans in the Underworld trilogy. Ah. I kind of burped when I said that a little do wanna, bit. Do you want to say that one more time? No. Or we're leaving it. Okay. Leave it in. <laughs> I'm done my drink now. So You're done? I'm halfway. I'm I gotta all, catch up. I'm all burps. <laughs> um, yeah, which makes sense because those like can actually look pretty close. I've only watched the first Underworld and it was a while ago. It reminded me a lot of a furrier version of Ginger Snaps Werewolf. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like the face shape was very similar. Yeah, definitely. My next trivia fact is... Every single death in this movie occurs off camera. The deaths are either obscured by something or the camera cuts away right before the character dies, which is extremely rare for horror films. But again, that kind of, I guess, helped with the kid vibe. So, yeah, that's really cool. It kind of goes with the like, like Friday the 13th, like revealing the dead bodies idea, Mm -hmm. which is uh, pretty cool. An interesting attention to detail This one is by far my favorite trivia fact. Okay. In the opening sequence of the film, at around three minutes and 30 seconds, the dead school bus kids are visible in the background, just departing Mr. Krieg's house. So at the end of his narrative, he gets killed by the kids that he himself killed. Yeah. At the very beginning of the movie. We see them leaving his house? Yeah. Because narratively, that's about the time it happens. Because after Sam leaves his house... He then looks at the couple arguing about the pumpkin. Yeah, and goes there. Which is the same time that the the kids would show up at Mr. Craig's house. And then you actually see them leaving. That's cool. So cool. I missed that. That's like, that is, blink and you miss it. A real blink and you'll miss it. (laughs) But it's like for the people that watch it again, they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Those are the kids. Super cool. Very cool. I love that. You remember when the girls were getting their costumes? Yeah. The kid that was like peeking in on them as they change. Yeah. That's the actor that plays Sam. Hey, that's Quinn something. Quinn, yeah, you're <laughs> sure all right. That's Quinn something. Uh, Quinn Lord plays. And he's, yeah, he's even sucking on a lollipop like how Sam is like when you think of Sam or at least me, when I think of Sam, I think of that pumpkin shaped lollipop with the teeth marks. Mm-hmm. It's really cool that they let him be, be visible. Be visible. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. As the creepy kid watching yeah. in on girls changing. I have a serious question and don't take this the wrong way. How do you feel about like young kids that don't know better being peeping toms who are like, man, I want to see some naked ladies. I think that parents need to educate, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, curiosity is fine, but you don't invade people's privacy. Yeah, there's definitely you other can be places curious you can on the Internet. Yeah. With consenting porn actors it's also like society once again telling this kid that he needs to see naked ladies yeah because it's cool it's cool to see naked ladies yes we just need a better like sex ed course in everything oh god yeah sex ed's awful it's a terrible course that does an awful job yep anyways going on to more fun (laughs) trivia facts you brought this up while we were watching the movie but billy is dressed uh as chucky from child's play yes completely he's got red curly hair he's got the overalls he's got a like striped sweater underneath and little trainers I called that out. Saw it immediately. You named all the things that were in this trivia fact. You're welcome. Yeah. And his dad has a knife, just like Chucky has. Except it's not the um, Dumbala knife. 
Dumbala. I beg of you. We got to rewatch that just for fun. Good movie. <laughs> so the film itself is actually based on Michael Daughtry. Daughtry? 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 Sure. Daughtry? That sounds right. Because the R isn't after the T. We should have really listened to someone say his name. But you know what? We moved. We're stressed. I don't have time. We're uh, recording another episode after this one. <laughs> Uh, So he actually made a short film called Season's Greetings in 1996, which debuted the character of Sam. What? Yeah. We need to go watch that, apparently. I want to see that. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode on it. Yeah, that'd be cool. For our patrons. For our patrons. So it's weird that it's not based on a comic book, but it is based on a short film. I kind of want to know if the short film is made to also look like a comic book. Yeah. Anyways, my last point is a car fact. (gasps) in the school bus massacre. I like how we're doing Carfax spooky. We should do this every time now. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, the, wait, what? Okay, never mind. I don't think this is actually about the bus, but it says in the school bus massacre revisited a 1958 Plymouth Fury from the movie Christine can be seen. Probably as he's driving down the, like the road in the suburbs. An obvious nod to the John Carpenter movie and Stephen King novel. Which I have not seen or read, but I do know about it. I also have neither seen nor read. Did Stephen King... Wait, no. Stephen King wrote... Max. Wait, who made Maximum Overdrive again? You said it was Stephen King, but maybe I thought it's not. It was. I don't know, man. I was young. Maximum Overdrive was my I'm sick from school. I'm going to watch a movie movie. <laughs> nice. Uh, which is very weird. I'm surprised you didn't put one of the scary facts that I read by accident. Well, which was the one that you read by accident? It's that all the pumpkins in the film were made mostly uh, from either styrofoam or ceramics. And they jokingly remarked that no pumpkins were harmed in the making of this movie. Do they say that in the credits? No, it was like what the crew oh, would say. That'd be like, awesome ha, ha, ha. if it said that in the credits. I mean, maybe. But Sam was harmed and he's a pumpkin, so. I think I zoomed over that fact and I was just like, oh, it's just saying what it was made of. Obviously, those weren't all pumpkins. Yeah, but still. That's cool. Yeah. There was one other thing that I thought was really good that you didn't say, but I can't remember what it is, but it was near the top. Do you want to? I feel like we should include it. Uh, that, Let's see if I can guess it. Was it that little people were used for kids? Oh, no, but I also remembered that. Uh, so little people were used for kids in this movie uh, since the film was shot mainly at night and real kids can't work at night. Because it's bad. It's bad to keep kids up late. It's bad. Uh, <laughs> final thought time. Whee! I got my final thought. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, I'm genuinely disappointed that this movie got such a lackluster release. Yeah. Uh, because I could have, I could totally see this becoming a franchise like all of the other franchises we've watched. For sure. I would definitely watch a Halloween or a Trick or Treat 2, Trick or Treat 3. Yeah. Like a, a yearly Halloween anthology with different like interweaving stories with Sam as like the main constant character would be yeah. awesome. Yes, I want that. Love Actually Halloween. Make it happen. Need it. Uh, The director actually said that if Godzilla ever calms down, which he's working on right now, uh, he might get back to writing a uh, a script for Trick or Treat 2. I feel like he teased a few years ago that there was going to be a Trick or Treat 2. Yeah, and then he said if the fans continue to support it now, that he might be able to get it funded. I could totally. It would be successful for sure. Well, we're making it happen. Yeah, because we're so huge. Drinking and screaming, we want Trick or Treat 2. So do it. My final thought is that I'm really glad that I watched this movie. I definitely, it's 
become a staple now. Every Halloween, I have to watch Trick or Treat because for some reason, my childhood knowledge of this film, like seeing it in the video store and being like, "Ooh, that's a scary movie. I really held on to that idea of this film being more scary than it actually was. And I really liked the whimsy that was in it. Like, I would say it's kid friendly, but obviously it's not. But it just at the same time, it just still keeps <laughs> feeling kid friendly. I just it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. It Again, like we said, it kind of has that goosebumps feel, but it's goosebumps for adults. Yeah. Goosebumps it- uncut. <laughs> But I wanted to pat myself on the back because to start off our Halloween vibes event with Trick or Treat was clearly the best decision ever because that's all I got from this movie. (laughs) Good. And I loved it. Well, that's been Trick or Treat, a movie about a kid who really wants treats but won't hesitate to trick. Next week, we'll be watching Insidious from 2011 with the Jackie Watches Stuff podcast team for our 2020's All the Horror podcasting event. Very excited to be participating again for the second time. Heck yes. And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah! Bye! Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and local designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drinkandscream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com. 